Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am the L of the House of L podcast. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. I was not expecting to do today's episode. Which is why I'm doing the episode. Because it's a little bit of a shock. But I appreciate the support that you guys give me as far as the the love that we get for House of L. Before I get into the particulars... Hey to everyone who is watching this on YouTube. I'm doing kind of a dual thing here because I'm continuing to try and expand everything that happens on YouTube and for good reason, <laughs> for, for good reason uh, over the, the next few months. And shout out to, to Connor McKnight and Joe Brand for all the hard work that they're doing on the Baseball From Home podcast. We're still waiting on Apple to approve them. But you can check out their stuff on Radio.com and Spotify. If you're on Spotify, you need to do that thing. And on Radio.com, you know where you listen to the score from? You can actually subscribe to it. So it's cool. A big thank you to the people who sponsored this podcast, David Hochberg. My man, David Hochberg. 855-56-DAVID if you want to call him. If you're looking to buy a home or you're looking to refinance a home, that's something that you need to do. You need to call him because he works hard. He actually worked on mine, and he got both my place, got refinanced my place in Kenwood and the house that I'm doing the podcast from. He helped me in both regards. So big thank you to him, 855-56-DAVID, 56david.com. He can help you. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. We are also brought to you, and this is going to work on two levels for the folks that are on YouTube. We are brought to you by Mazda of Orland Park. Yay! They're in. If you want an, an unexpected car buying experience, you need to go check out the folks at Mazda of Orland Park. 708-444-3200, zoomzoomnation.com. Yes, and we are putting them also on the Loho recaps. So check them out. They are a part of the podcast now, and I could not be happier. Okay, let me get to the reason why you're here today, and it's because I did the podcast, and for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see I'm rocking my vintage NBC cap. Shout out to Laura Britt, my my teammate at NBC Bay Area, who got this for me while I was down at the Super Bowl for NBC. So I got the news about leaving NBC Sports Chicago on Monday afternoon. Uh, a colleague of mine over there hit me up and said, "Hey, uh, did you get a did you get an email from HR?" And I was like, "No, what?" I'm like, did I tweet something? Like, did I do something bad? Like, that's what I kept thinking. And the colleague was like, all right, never mind. Don't worry about it. And the reason that I'm doing the pod is that, you know, I talked a little bit about it on the air, but I wanted there, I needed a little bit more time. And I wanted to talk about a few more people and and stuff. So anyway, I was like, oh, that's weird that one would get, an email from the boss at NBC Sports Chicago, the big boss. It's, uh, that's Kevin, the big, big boss <laughs> over there. But 
I thought it was a little bit strange. And I and then I was like, all right, okay, whatever. Because this person was like, never mind. Like, don't don't worry about it. I said, okay. So I'm doing the show, and then I get an email. I'm probably midway through the shows, maybe like 115 or something like that, saying, hey, Kevin and I would like to talk with you. We'll call you at three o'clock. Like, that's very ominous. You know, they they had said in there that they wanted to talk about like the direction of the network. So I knew it wasn't like someone had done something bad or anything like that. Throughout the day, I had been seeing people on Twitter just say, you know, this is my last day at NBC. This is my last day at, at Hardball Times. This is my last day at NBC Philly. All these things. So then after really thinking about what my colleague had said, I was like, okay, connect the dots. The dots are, are they're going to ask you to either take a pay cut or they're going to buy you out of your contract. And I was like, okay, so be ready for that. Be very ready for it. The HR manager, I don't want to give his name out because, you know, he's he's a good, he's actually a really good dude. Um, and I, I very much enjoy working with him and Kevin Cross. They called me and by their tone, like from the way that they were like, hey, Lawrence, I was like, okay, so I'm not coming back there. <laughs> that, that, that's where we're at right now. I talked to them for maybe 10 minutes. You figure out like the business aspect of it. I don't want to go too far into it, but like where things stand contractually with me, what happens with like my 401k, like all of the procedural stuff that has to happen. And I thank them for the opportunity. I sincerely feel that way, by the way. It's not just what I said on the air or what I'm saying on the podcast. I really, truly love the opportunity to be on NBC Sports Chicago and I, I'll I'll get to that in a minute, like why I loved working there. But but first, I do want to talk a little bit about like where things stand from a business standpoint overall in broadcasting. It's happening probably in your career choice too, like whatever your field is. Like this is where things stand, and people are trying to figure out how to consolidate. And this virus hit every business. This is also the reason why I laugh at the folks that say, oh, there are all these people who are rooting against sports. This is exactly why no one was rooting against sports. But it's important for those of us who feel that integrity is important to still have integrity when talking about why baseball kind of screwed up at the beginning, how unethical it seems that college football is going to play. We can still root for sports and our livelihoods and be honest when we're talking to the audience about what what is and what isn't right. That's the goal. That's kind of why you would come to us anyway, right? Because we are talking about some of these issues. So it stung a little bit. You know, I, I talked to Mel about it after it happened and she's like, OK, so what happens next? And I said, I don't know what happens next. And that's usually the way that all of us react to something like this. The next thing is to jump to the next thing. That, that you're 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 kind of almost I don't want to say judge, but that's the best word I can come up with. Like you're judged by the 
it's are you all right and then what are you going to do next like i don't know what i'm going to do next when it comes to the the tv stuff i my answer was i'm going to prepare the radio show cuz that's that's still been home base is, is this whole time has been the radio show and now like with the growing stuff that's going on with house of l and everything that's happened in with me trying to expand house of l a little bit so it sucked it didn't suck for me as much as it sucked for other people like my man coop who's one of the incredible producers over there like layla for example i always had a place to be no matter what like i still had the score i still had my own podcast i still teach like other people don't necessarily have a place to be my man mike piff who was doing a great job with all of the social media stuff for NBC Sports Chicago and was one of the people that I I leaned on over there to to help grow the football after show because he was so good at like getting the funniest stuff and like the funniest clips and and getting them out to the people. So then I had a decision to make. And the decision was whether or not I was going to make any of this stuff public and they had asked they said hey this happened obviously at three o'clock like i'm telling you they say listen can you can you not say anything about it until cob and i was like i'm still trying to process this so i don't imagine that what's going to happen is i'm going to run to twitter and then talk about you know leaving nbc sports chicago so i sat with it i called my agent you know my agent it did such a, a good job with the contract that it made things very cut and dry, like how things were going to go forward, even financially. Um, and, and like I said, like, don't worry about me on that front. Like there were, there were safeguards in place from a financial standpoint that allowed this to not be as big of a blow as it, it could have been. That's about as detailed as I want to be about it. But don't worry about that aspect of it. Plus, save money like a miser. I'm kind of crazy about saving money. So I have, I have, what's the line from uh, Rush Hour 2? I still got my lunch money from third grade. It's kind of like that. So I'm sitting there like processing all of it and talk with Dean, talk with Mel about what happens and how I feel about it. I feel... I feel a couple of different things. I feel sad that this ride that I had over there is over because it was so wonderful. And it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, like it came out of the, the hard work that I had been doing on the score. And then Kevin Cross, like realizing what I was doing and that he wanted me to be a part of what they were doing over there was dope. And then to put me on the Bears show and to have three seasons of, of those Bears shows at my disposal, like that was that was really magical. Like I had so much fun doing those shows. Like it's hard for me to even explain to you how much fun I had doing those shows with those guys. It was it's the most fun I've ever had doing television. Period. And I've done 
the the kind of standard sportscaster stuff. And I've talked about this on House of L before, so I'm not breaking any confidences. There's not really – there's one job left that from a traditional sportscaster standpoint I would want. But what we had created over there – was exactly the type of television that I wanted to do. It was fun. It was not scripted. Like, I rarely read off of a teleprompter. They kind of let me just, they followed me. Like, And that's one of the cool things about everyone who worked over there. The directors and the producers understood what I was trying to do. They knew that I could get in and out of segments fairly easily. And they just let us do our thing. And it, I think it made for some really magical television. I, I was really proud and impressed with how we took the formula of doing a, a, a post-game show and we added our own flair to it. I used to joke with the guys that it, what I was looking for, what we were going for was what TNT does with the NBA, that we were just going to do that with Bear stuff. And it allowed me to just kind of be the straight man and just kind of toss it up to those guys. And we had a tremendous amount of fun doing it. So that you understand like some of the business stuff here. From from what I know, and obviously this could change, nationwide on the regional sports network, so like NBC Sports Chicago, NBC Bay Area, NBC Philadelphia, they're going to really only focus on the programming that is connected to the games that they put on their air. So there's going to be an emphasis on, with NBC Sports Chicago, an emphasis on White Sox stuff, an emphasis on Hawk stuff, an emphasis on Bull stuff, and then everything else is probably going to be, for a while, tapered. Because those are the properties and... I don't suspect it on linear, so like on television. When I say linear, I mean television. On the the linear side of, of NBC Sports Chicago, I don't think that you're going to see a lot of programming. So that's why Sports Talk Live no longer exists. And that's why Baseball Night in Chicago no longer exists. It's not directly connected to the White Sox pre and post game or Hawks pre and post or Bulls pre and post. They're going to grow things digitally, and that's where I think it's going to um, – where where the industry is going overall, I think, is, is digital. But that's where I think you're going to see them put a lot of resources. The great thing for me is that after all of this, and it sucks, like, hearing all of your – the friends that lost their gigs, hearing that Tony Gill is still going to be – on and working over at NBC Sports Chicago is great. And I think that Tony has an opportunity to eventually be like someone in charge because he's done, he's done such a great job and he's just killing it with those voiceovers for White Sox games too. Super proud of him. Like that's, that's the, the thing is that you see people like him or Piff or Chris Comka that work over there and you see like their maturation or I have a couple of my former students work there too. Um, Ali Pruitt and, and Tim Stebbins are two, two, what I would call two of my kids. Um, and they're over there working and they're busting their ass and 
and, and doing a lot of great stuff. And I hope that that, I hope that, that continues because I think the sky's the limit for both of those two and, and their talent. So it's going to look different. There really isn't a place for me over there. Now, granted, they had asked me if I could fill in and do some White Sox pre and post game. In fact, Thursday, I was supposed to do White Sox pre and post, and I was pretty excited about it. I was talking with Benetti about this. I was I was pretty excited about it. But they got people, they got Chuck, and so Chuck can, can roll and handle all that. I will say, and I don't mean this as a diss to anyone who works over there on air, because I put myself in the same category in, in this regard. Uh, I think that Layla Rahimi is the most talented person that we have on air. I, don't, I should probably stop saying we now, but I think she's the most talented person that we have and the most versatile. Considering all the things that she had done, like hosting pregame, being someone that could could go out and report, like all of that stuff, very talented. So it, it bums me out that she seemingly is not part of the reimagined NBC Sports Chicago. But I also have to acknowledge and understand that this is where our business is overall. Um, this is where things stand. I was having a conversation and with a friend of mine, and they, I'm, I, I'm co-opting the term because it's such a good term, the idea of big box media. So ESPN, NBC, you know, Yahoo, like big box media. And growing things independently is one of the things that I'm really excited about doing. And I have been for the last two years. It's been a slow process. And quite honestly, I can be better at growing House of L. This will probably be one of the kick one of the kicks in the ass to have me do more stuff like continue to grow the YouTube channel for video stuff. And there are a bunch of people that I want to do podcasts with that. I want like not me and them on the microphone, but I want them to do podcasts. So I'm trying to put programming out here. That's going to generate people that are going to advertise. Like I'm still using the advertising model. I'm just trying to use it a little bit more responsibly than I've seen big box media do over the 23 years that I've been in the business. It's very small. So like, like I always joke that this is a super small media company. It is, it's one person and I can, I can pay people a little bit, but I can't pay them a lot unless we get bigger and bigger. And my thing is it's with media companies is the idea of projection and physical plant and all of those things that incur cost one of the things that I've learned during this pandemic, and it's a testament to how hard people work on the production side on both radio and television, some of the stuff you don't need. Like having the new studio is dope. Like I was looking forward to being in that studio. Do you need it? Same thing at the score. Do we need to be downtown? Do we need downtown real estate? Because as it stands for the last five months, You've had everyone on the air staff has been doing their show from home. And while I can hear some of the issues sonically, most listeners can't. Some can't, but most can't. We've had like a skeleton crew that's been at the station 
couldn't we have done that at Belmont? Like, I'm not trying to dog intercom or anything like that. I'm just saying that these are some of the realizations that I've come to that we don't have to do it in that kind of big style that we can grow something like this, where it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so these are some of the things that I'm dealing with that I'm trying to work through and figure out what's next. So you keep like, well, what's next? What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't other than throw myself into more stuff with house of L and the radio show. I'm, I'm not sure there've already been people that have hit me up and have been like, Hey, heard that, that you're not going to be at NBC anymore. Would you like to come do this, this, and this? And I don't think that I'm in a place where I'm going to commit to anything. Like I said, there is one job that if it were available, I would be, I would be interested in, but basically if, if I get a chance to work with the people that I like working with, if it means doing something once a week or whatever, I'm cool. I will say, and I joked about this on the air, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. If there is a station in Chicago that would like to recreate what we do on or what we did on the football after show, I think that you should contact me because I think that we could do it. Like, honestly, like I look at Channel 9 and be like, hey, what are you running at Sunday at three o'clock? Wouldn't you rather have a show like that, a show on Channel 9 or Channel 2 or or the U or even Channel 7? I think Channel 7 has got some other obligations, but you don't understand what I mean. It would be fun to do something like that in an environment where we could still keep it relatively normal. I just want to say about those guys that I do the show with, especially over the, the last year with Olin and, and joining the crew, uh, Olin, Matt Forte, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown. What a tremendous group of guys to talk football with. Someone had asked me about this a couple weeks ago about, I was Megan Kluth. I was on uh, Megan Kluth's podcast. It's like going to graduate school. Watching football with those guys is like going to graduate school. You learn so much about football, and I I still think that what's remarkable is, you know, I've been covering football since 2003. I know a little bit about the game. I, I would say I know more than the average person, maybe not more than the, the hardcore fan, because there's a lot of people that are very smart when it comes to football, but... I can tell you stuff as it's happening, like some after it happens, like I can explain on a replay, like, oh, that's what happened on that play. This guy was supposed to do this. He didn't, blah, blah, blah. The amazing thing about that group, and we put Jim Miller in here too, when when Jim was doing the show that first year, the amazing thing about that group is they can tell you stuff as it's happening. Like I've seen Olin on multiple occasions tell me that a play is dead as the ball is snapped. And you're like, how? And then he'll explain it to you. Well, this guy had a kickout block and he missed it and 
You just knew that it was going to the, the uh, nose tackle collapsed the center. It was just over immediately. Same thing with Alex and Lance. Like their their understanding of the game is immense. And they just know. Like they they see it, they know it. I love to kid the guys because Alex and Lance do this. They don't even I don't even know if they know they do it, but they do it. You know how Lovey used to to have those guys pick up everything and run? They and we'd see it at practice and it was just the most ridiculous stuff. They do that on turnovers, loose balls. Like they they will lean towards the television. They don't even know they do it, but they do it. Lance will be sitting in the back of the room, and if there if there's a ball on the ground, he leans towards the television. Alex will take a step towards the television. It's remarkable. And so the, t- the times that we would have in that green room, like just talking football, and Matt, like Matt was like, he's so... Matt reminds me. All right, so look, I I didn't get a chance to do this, so let me let me do it now, right? I'll do I'll have a little fun with this now. And if you made it to the where we're at in the podcast, God bless you, because Lord knows I am rambling on at this point. But I never got the chance to do this. I talked with Mike Piff about this, but we never put it together. So Lance always jokes that I'm like Phil Coulson from Marvel. Like, I don't really have any superpowers, but I get to hang out with the people who have superpowers. And I know a little bit of stuff, and I know some of the tricks of the trade, like Phil Coulson. But I'm Phil Coulson, and they're the Avengers, which got me thinking, which Avenger are the guys? Which Avenger is each one of the guys? And I'll start with Matt, because he's the easiest one. He's Black Panther. Like, it's hard for me to even describe. Like you have to be, there is a regalness about him when he walks around and it comes through. So I got him as black Panther. Okay. Lance is super easy too. He's Thor. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that he's Thor. He is fun, loving, hilarious, occasionally hard partying and fierce. Like, everything's a joke until it's not a joke. And when it's not a joke, it's not a joke with Lance. But he doesn't take himself very seriously until he has to. He reminds me so much of Thor in in the movies. I'm I'm working off of a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe here. But he reminds me so much of Thor. Like, the beginning of Endgame, when Thor is, like, furious and brooding, that is Lance. That is exactly who he is. When he's there in front of Captain Marvel and he's like, you know, gets the storm killer and and he's like, I like this one. Like, that's him. Olin's kind of easy, too. He's the Hulk. But he's also David Banner. Meaning, he's super smart. And because Olin is can can be that like the the idea the the way that we look at Olin is like he's kind of grouchy and and all this stuff he's really brilliant and I knew that when I was covering him that he was the secret smart guy 
that, yeah, he'd, you know, yell at me in, in the locker room and all sorts of stuff, but he'd also give you like a nugget. Like, hey, idiot, you said something stupid on the air. Let me tell you why it was stupid. And then you're like, oh. But sitting in the room next to him, you get to see like his mind is always like working, working the problem, like thinking about what's going on. And obviously when he gets mad, he gets mad. And then that's it. So I got him as the Hulk. Alex was difficult trying to figure out which Avenger he is, but I still figured it out. And I know that AB will take this in in the, the way that it's meant. He's Tony Stark. He's Iron Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Alex out in front of a crowd, but he understands how to work people. He is friendly. He is he is the man of the moment. We've all seen it. Me, him, Matt, and Lance were out doing a tailgate one day. And the guys, it was super cold. It was that night that the Bears played the Vikings on Sunday night football. And so we're, you know, we're like, hey, let's get all of our stuff done. Let's get out of here. We're looking for nine six. And where is he at? He's in a tent with people. Like, there are a bunch of Gator fans there. He's there in the tent, like, being Tony Stark. He's also, like, Mr. Gadget. Like, he has a lot of gadgets. He's got the fancy, like, car, like, all that stuff. So he's Tony Stark. I'm so glad I got the chance to do that. I was thinking about writing that up. I should have just came right here to House of Bell and done that. I feel so much better now. So that's, I'm Phil Coulson, and then they're the Avengers, and those are the four Avengers that they are. My boss, Kevin Cross, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious who he is. I mean, it's, it's S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Who runs S.H.I.E.L.D.? So, anyway, I'm glad I got to do that. That was so fun. Okay, so I had so much fun with those guys, and I know that I'm going to miss out on, I'm trying really hard to remember, um, like, the crew. I didn't say, I didn't talk about them as much as I should have, but the the floor crew that did our show, um, shout out to Linda, who took really good care of us, like, on the floor. Like, she was always making sure that we looked good, like, we didn't look like idiots when we were on TV, but... The floor crew over at NBC Sports Chicago, they're like your lifeline, you know? They, they're they are great at what they do, and I'm glad that I got a chance to work with them. Same thing for Dave Wanstead. So, when all the stuff was going on with George Floyd, this is why I, I'll always have respect for Dave Wanstead. I mean, I kind of had respect for him anyway, but everything's happening with George Floyd, if you listen to me on the air that first Monday after the protests in Chicago, you know how like emotional I was on the air. First person to check on me was Dave Wanstead. I've been doing the Dave Wanstead show for the last uh, two years. And I really learned a lot of football around him. And it's different. It's different from the guys because it's how a coach looks at it. And we've like kind of become like friends, you know? So that's, it's weird, but he, he made coming in there to tape those shows really fun and easy. He always cared. Like he was, he cared about like how the show looked and, and what things we were talking about. And if he didn't feel right about a take, like he wasn't afraid to be like, let's do that again. 
or I could have done that better. Let's do that again. So I, I really appreciate him too for, for doing what he did. Everyone there treated me incredibly well. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Here's something that you don't know. Okay. Here, here's something that you don't know. Part of the reason that I had signed a deal with NBC Sports Chicago that was beyond what I was doing on on Sundays was Cap and I were going to like do a show together. We were going to do a version like like kind of like a PTI-ish type show. But again, like they're not doing any programming like that. At least that's what they told me. So there's there's no place for me. I was a man without a country basically and who knows if there's even going to be football so all of those things like play into me not being there um and it sucks like i'm not gonna lie like i i enjoyed working there i enjoyed working with that that bears team there jj stankovitz is as good as it gets cam ellis i told cam this yesterday if you're not if you're not reading cam ellis's stuff like he, he writes with a level of snark that is just phenomenal. And trust me, I'm going to be having those dudes on the radio show for sure. Brian Perez, who you might not even know, but if you if you are a hardcore Bears fan and you read stuff on NBCSportsChicago.com, like that guy, when it comes to draft stuff, top notch and pays real good attention. So you have those guys. You have Eric Strobel, who's heading up the, the the Bears content team and we all went down to the Super Bowl and they made things easy. I think they were um a little bit surprised. Like when I got to Radio Row and there were like people like, hey Lawrence, like because you know I I have kids everywhere now. <laughs> like like I have former interns and producers that are everywhere around the country now. So it made things pretty easy for us down at at super bowl and it was it was great to go down there and i was a little apprehensive about doing it because i hadn't been to radio row for a while and being down there with those guys and how hard they work it was awesome and and jj gave me like the most special television moment ever with the apache jump on it thing like that's why that thing is pinned to to the top of my twitter account because it was just fun so I want to thank them. Uh, I want to thank the basketball people too. Like they, they made stuff easy. And one of the things that sucks, like I'm going to be straight up and down with you. What sucks is that in some ways I got a chance to work with Jason again. Like we were on the same team again. Now look in life, we're on the same team. Like we talked for 30 minutes last night, but for us to professionally be on the same team again was important to me and significant to me. So it sucks that I won't for now, for now, not be on the same team with Jason and Tony leaving the score wasn't that difficult for me because I knew that we were going to work together over at NBC. So now that'll hit me a little bit harder that Tony is not, part of the production staff of the radio show but he settled boy got himself a new car like he's all set and and rob schaefer and casey like casey is one of the dudes that i respect the most in the business so being able to 
have him on Sports Talk Live. Like we had this incredible moment during All Star where he had gotten Charles Oakley to come be on Sports Talk Live, and I was hosting it. And we sat there and listened to Charles Oakley tell us stories, and it was amazing. And the stories that KC has told throughout his his incredible tenure as the the, the lead dog when it comes to reporting on bull stuff is great. So I want to thank them and shout out to Sierra Santos too, who uh, we only got to be teammates there for a little while, but you know, she's dope. (laughs) You know it. I'm happy that she got to go home and be in Arizona. I'm going to really miss it. I'm going to really miss working over there, but I'm going to look at all of this as an opportunity to do more stuff and more stuff that, Hopefully you like and enjoy. And I've I've made it at least the commitment to myself that I'm going to grow House of L. I need your help in that regard. I need sponsors help. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I should probably do a sponsor. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about Mazda of Orland Park. Talk about a left turn. If you're looking for a car, if you want people to treat you really well, You need to hit up the people at Mazda of Orland Park. And do me this favor. When you hit up the people from Mazda of Orland Park, tell them that you heard about them on the House of L podcast, all right? Be like, Lauren said you guys are good people. So we're going to accept that, and we're going to go buy a car from you. ZoomZoomNation.com is where you can check out all of their awesome cars. If you want to call them, 708-444-3200 is the number. So that's the goal. And thanks to everyone who even decided that they were going to watch or listen to me talk about this stuff. Like I said on air, I'm okay. Like I'm. It's I would say that I'm more reflective than I am sad, if that makes any sense. And I'm excited about some of the free time that I'll now have to do stuff. It's not a lot because I'm supposed to teach again in September. I don't know where I'm teaching. I mean, I know I'm teaching at DePaul. I just don't know if I'm teaching on campus or if it's going to be Zooms like this with, with my students. So I've got a little bit of extra time on my hands. And my goal is to do some decompression and do some reflection. But then take that time and make it a positive experience. And... Not to not to dawdle. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of time. Like it, everything doesn't have to happen at once, but I'm going to give myself a little bit of time. So thanks for listening to this episode, which was brought to you by the fine folks at Team Hockberg. 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. If you are buying a home or you are refinancing a home, that's the person that you want on your side in that regard. So a big thanks to to David. Oh wait, I got to do the legal stuff because you can't be talking about home loan stuff without actually giving all the legal. So let me do that right now. <clears throat> Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. And if you call David at 855-56-David, you tell him that you Lawrence gave you the hookup. You heard about it on House of L when he was talking about uh, leaving, getting laid off from NBC. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Thank you so much for your support. And I always like it when you give me room to do stuff. Uh, I felt like I needed to do this because I just didn't have enough time. And then the article came out and I just kind of wanted to tell you how I felt that it was important that even though I was talking like the Tribune asked me for a quote, like I got I gave them a quote, but I also own a media company so I could just spend as much time as I wanted talking about this stuff. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll do it. Thanks so much for watching or listening. If you're listening, yes, House of L has a YouTube page. There's stuff on there. You should go watch the Matabaticola interview if you haven't. It's good. Thanks for your support. I will talk to you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.